Welcome to the Scalability Podcast, your go-to resource for those who want to profitably grow your business beyond the limits of your personal time, energy, and skills. Is it uh, the uh, Ford versus Ferrari or which one? No, they have uh, the Lamborghini movie. Tell me about it. Uh, basically, this guy, he wants to partner with uh, Ferrari. Yeah. And they basically told him, go fuck yourself. Uh-huh. And he told him, I'm going to make a car better than yours uh-huh. and look at him that's it right, which by the way uh we're, we're already rolling the podcast started uh so that i haven't seen that movie i have heard of that story though um and i am a big uh big lamborghini fan myself right so by the way, get comfortable however <laughs> i'm trying to this this couch is, is a little funny man it's it, little, i know it's a little bit a little dip yeah, there you go yeah when i when i first bought this couch i'm like man this thing looks cool in ikea you know i'm like oh this is gonna look cool but then like practicality um having this couch in the apartment it's not the most practical couch <laughs> yeah but, i mean it looks cool you know with ikea with ikea i learned how to be patient okay because when my son, uh, when the newborn, we buy a lot of a lot of furniture from IKEA, yeah, and it takes you so long to put it together. It's like wow! It take I, I learn how to be more patient with that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I end up building so many furniture, and it's like taking me days. Yeah, dude. Like uh, all this, so I, I built this, like that TV unit, my son's bunk beds. I just went to IKEA and bought like you know that table, like all this, all this stuff, right? Um, but yeah, the Ikea will definitely, will definitely, definitely teach you patience, man. But I just want to, so actually I want to, I want to do a, a little quick intro, right? So, um, you know, for the most part, like you, you and me, we actually had a chance to grab some coffee, uh, which after hearing your story, I'm like, man, I need to, uh, get this guy on the podcast and like highlight that story, um, for, for many, many reasons. Um, so first and foremost, uh, you're from Mexico. Yeah. Came here with nothing. Like, you know, and I'm not going to steal your thunder. Can you give a, a intro as to who you are and your background? Well, my name is Rudy. I'm from Mexico, from Cuernavaca, Morelos. It's about two hours south of Mexico City. Yeah. Uh, I came here in 2007 um, straight to San Francisco, um, no, knowing nothing English, yeah. right? And my cousin, used, he used to live nearby the Coal Palace in Daly City. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I stayed a couple months with him. But after, I would say, like four or five months, I moved out with other of my relevants and I started renting ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, I started working. The first job I had is a, a dishwasher. Yeah. Dude, and, and what's crazy about that, guys, is he went from, like, you didn't know English either. Not at all. <laughs> He didn't know English either, but and by the way, guys, uh, you know his wife too is Middle Eastern. Is Middle Eastern from Syria? <laughs> from Syria, which you know, if you guys know anything about Middle Eastern families, is not easy to get in, especially as somebody who's not from this country, who didn't have first ling- language, not exactly. English. Exactly, no and dip- they have the degree or education there. They normally. So my man got to, got to slide, and now you guys are happily married. How many kids? One kid, seven okay. years old. Seven years old, right? Um, and on top of that, uh, you know, I think what we were talking about before was the, the pressure to perform from the family, right? You had to become successful. You know, it, it, was, it was funny because uh, when I get into the family, 
I wasn't think I wasn't thinking too straight about what I want to do in my life. Yeah. Because uh, in Mexico, I started for to be a chef. Yeah. So and my idea to come here was to open a restaurant and own my own restaurant and, and, and be my own boss. But coming to this country and I started working in restaurants, I I knew that it, it requires a lot of your time. Mm-hmm. You have you have to put like a hundred percent of yourself out there for the just for the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So you have to put on the side the rest of the stuff, your yeah. personal stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, and I started getting comfortable. I started working in restaurants, getting uh, getting paid good money, and you know I put on the side my dream to open a restaurant. So when I met my wife, um, I wasn't th- I wasn't I wasn't thinking about what what I want to do with my life. Yeah, you know I was kind of like 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 on and off on and off. Um, but I started reading more, mm-hmm. you know, because my wife she's she have a degree in architecture and designer. Yeah. So you know we talk a lot and also she she teach me a lot. Yeah. You know I learned a lot from her. So I started le- reading more. And I into real estate, um, and I went to the ANSA College to also study more more classes mm-hmm. of finances and real estate. Which, by the way, how much of those classes are relevant in your actual real estate business today? None. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe finance a little bit, uh-huh. but uh, the rest of the stuff, no. Basically, you ha- you whatever you learn is when you're in the field. Yeah. Well, what, what advice would you give to somebody who's thinking about going to college for real estate specifically? Uh, I would say the, the the best way if you want to do in real estate, you have to start taking action. Uh, going to the college is not gonna it's not gonna give you the experience that you're gonna need in the field. They're gonna give you maybe the the, the concept of real estate, but they're gonna they're not gonna teach you how to deal with things when you're out there. So mm-hmm. I would say for people who wants to go to the college for real estate, I would say instead of spending so much money in college and getting on debt. I would say just jump in and start doing yourself and get the experience, and that's gonna that's gonna push you back, push you forward to the next step. Yeah. So now coming back, your your wife was an architect. She went to college. You started reading more. I, I started reading more. So uh, one of the books uh, that it really got me into real estate is uh, Poor Poor Rich Dad. Oh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Robert yeah, exactly. Yeah. That book. After I read that book, is like I had to do a change. Yeah. It's like I cannot be, you know, working for someone still and just be depending on someone else mm-hmm. to pay me to live my life. Yeah. You know, so I was so I was in Nicaragua and I remember I saw that book in Spanish and like I don't know why it didn't like I didn't I I feel so dumb because I was like when I saw it, I'm like, what? They make this in Spanish and I started thinking like, of course they make this book in Spanish, like right? Um, when you read it, do you read it in English or Spanish? English. English, okay, that's what's up. I'm I'm just, I'm curious, man, because like, you know, and and this is just like my curiosity because I know that English was not your first language. Nowadays, when you're thinking to yourself, do you think in English or Spanish? I think more in English. Really? Yeah. It's funny because sometimes people, you know, who speak Spanish ask me a question and I'm like, how do you say that word in Spanish? (laughs) They're like, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's... It's conscient. It's like it's how we're American. Yeah, and, and I, um, you know, and, and I ask you these questions intentionally too because 
Um, there's, you know, with the day that we met, I called a friend of mine from Colombia, right? I remember. Who, yeah, she just, who she just came here, like, she had just got here like three months ago, right? Yes. And she's like contemplating like, oh man, did I make the right choice? I should just go back. Learning English is so hard, right? Like, she was, she, she was having all these thoughts of giving up, but it's like, hey, you're already here. Like, you're, you're in, the, in the best place you could be in the world. Are you going to let learning a new language stop you from you know having an incredible life exactly right and and you know a lot of people think why i should learn the the language yeah if i have a good job i don't know uh so waiter or not even waiter because waiter you need uh, english right yeah, yeah, yeah. if you have anything like driving for uber or, or a lot of people do construction or you know there's so many good jobs that get that you get paid well and you don't have to speak good English. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So people feel comfortable and they on their comfort zone, yeah. they don't feel the the need to learn the the language. Yeah. So what 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 steps would you like for you what was like the main thing that helped you pick up the language quickly? Well, I started going to college right when I when I came here in 2011, 2007. Mm -hmm. I started going to the community college in San Francisco. I mm -hmm. uh, started learning the language. Yeah. And also I started making friends with uh, people who would speak only English. Mm -hmm. And so when I... it forced you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, like forced me to speak, right? Yeah. Um, also when I met my wife, also it helped me a lot. Yeah. Because, um, she, you know, she's, she, she went to LA and San Jose State University. Mm -hmm. So that also helped me a lot to to write better and also read um sentences better yeah yeah totally um how did you meet your wife man that's a funny story uh, i used to work as a server i, I told you ran restaurants yeah um it's at this restaurant in san francisco called lamar peruvian mm -hmm. restaurant yeah and i was a server on that night and we have a buyout buyout is when a company comes and say hey you know I want to reserve a room for your restaurant, if not the whole restaurant, for an event. Mm -hmm. That's not a buyout. Uh, it was a buyout of architecture company, mm. and I was a server there, and that's how I met my wife. Wow. What did you say to her? You just... You know, I, I, at first I thought she was Latina. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought she was first, uh, because she had the looks of, of Latina, so I come and offer some empanadas, the Peruvian, Peruvian empanadas, I, I offer in Spanish. And uh, she's like, I don't speak any Spanish. <laughs> thought you were going to be smooth. No, I, uh, I thought, you know, it's like, oh, it didn't work. Um, but yeah, after, after that, you know, it's, you know, any all relationship is, you know, has like, you know, like in and outs. And, sure, sure, sure. You know, so it's, it's, it's not been easy, but, you know, we, we doing our best and since and then. Dude, that's awesome. Okay, so so now uh, fast forward, right? So let um, thank you for touching on the English part, because um, again, there's oh, and actually, last question about language. Um, if out of ten deals that you do, how many of those deals are in English versus Spanish? You mean on the transaction or on the yeah, like on the work process? How many how many, uh, how many deals are you doing in English versus Spanish? I will say. Mm, all of them are in English. All of them are in English, right? So that's, yeah. And again, this goes this goes back to the power of language, right? Because so, you know, like my, my my grandparents always told me, like you gotta learn Spanish, you gotta learn Spanish, and like I, I understand why, and I and I can speak Spanish now, 
But at the same time, it's like, you know, for business wise, like, dude, like, you know, for until I started helping out like my Latino friends, until I started helping and investing them grow, all my clients were white or Asian. Mm, I see. And then my Latino clients, I'm like, hey, dude, look what the white and Asian people are doing. Let's help. You know, we got I got to help you guys grow because like I feel like I'm the only Latino out here yeah. that playing at this level. You know, now that you mentioned that, you know, one of the things I feel now that I'm in the business of real estate, one of the things I, I feel, and I think that it's, it's, it's true, one of the reasons why Latinos cannot grow as an as a entrepreneur and, and, and here in the United States is because it's a lot of envy between Latinos. Yep. And it's, 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 it's hard to see it, you know, because you want to open your arms or you want to open your heart or you want to open opportunity for someone else. But I don't know, it, it, got to, it got to the point today, so um, I don't know what it is, but I think it's envy or I think it's just why, why you have more than me or I don't know what, what, is, what is the... Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, goes to, it goes to everything in the culture. Right? I remember even growing up like on the streets, uh, you know, with the gangs, right? Like our gangs, were, the Latino gangs were the only ones that like, um, okay, not the only ones, but I should say like, for example, I would look at like the Asian gangs. There's a clear leader. There's a structure. There's exactly. respect, right? And then I would look at like our gang, and it's like our people are fighting our people. It's like, dude, like, you know, gang life, business life didn't change, you know. Um, and and I, I don't know, man. I, I so the way that I look at, I, I look at it like this. Um, I am trying to empower as many Latinos as possible to learn what I've learned, right? Like in terms of like how to scale businesses, how to create systems, how to like just do like even what we're doing right now, right? Um, I'm trying to push that more and more and more because, and that's intentional because it's harder to work with Latinos for me. If I, if I just went after white and Asian people, it's easier because mm -hmm. they, already, they already have all these things done. Um, you know, they, they understand the systems, they understand a lot of, you know, these things that it takes to scale a business. But when it comes to Latinos, like, I, I don't know, man, but regardless, I'm going to still continue to push. And I hope that if you're watching this, you don't take offense to that. You, you know, you take it in, you grow from it. And also you can reach out to myself or Rudy or any of, you know, these other Latino entrepreneurs that we have on this podcast, um, for help, because I think everybody here is willing to help. Um, but with that being said, man, let's, let's hop into the business side, right? Because now, I mean, dude, you, you just posted, uh, like I just saw one of your freaking apartment buildings. Oh, fourplex. Yeah. And before we even get into that, can you help them under, can you help the audience understand what you do for your business now? Well, we do, uh, we into real estate, we do flips. We basically buy properties, uh, off market. We normally, we, we normally focus on off market because you can do direct to the owner. Uh, we fix the properties and we put it back in the market, um, doing some profit on, on, on the end. Uh, so, so we buy and hold properties and uh, we have four plagues. Uh, we just got a 21 unit uh, building in South San Francisco. And uh, the idea and the goal here is, and this year, uh, start doing developing, uh, buy the piece of land and build a, a, a house or a duplex or a townhouse. So that's what we do. Okay, perfect. So now people understand what it is that you do. Um, so do I just saw on social media like one of your freaking roofs flew off? What happened? Yes, well, uh, the storm um, a week a week ago. Uh, I don't even remember one of the weekends. I think a week ago. Yeah, it was horrible. The rain was crazy. Exactly, and the winds were about like I think 70, 70, 70 miles per hour in wow. San Francisco. 
Oh, so, wow. So that's even worse over there than it was here in the it, South Bay. Exactly. Yeah, okay. So on one of our four plagues in uh, South San Francisco, the roof just blew up. Uh, it was 2 a.m. in the morning. Wow. And I started getting a lot of phone calls from the tenants that, hey, the roof uh, blew up. I need you guys to come here. This is dangerous. and um, But we cannot do anything about it. You know, even, yeah. if, even if I... If if I'm I was there, but I cannot do anything. The only yeah. thing I, I I can do is call the um, the firefighters. They went and they we had to transport everyone to a shelter. Yeah. Because the water was coming in from the from the ceiling. Yeah. So all the units were ruined. Yeah. So eighty percent of the all the building is is damaged. We had to redo everything. So. So, you know, they were able to get shelter, which, by the way, like, in, in uh, so I, I was living in a small little town called Merced, or city, I guess, they call it a city, but, you know, a big part of that, uh, that city just got flooded completely, like, they, they were not expecting so much rain, and so many houses got ruined, right? Wow. So, so now you, and, and, you know, she was over here for the weekend, because they had to evacuate a lot, her house didn't get hit, but a lot of the city still got evacuated anyway for safety purposes, but, um... So now for you, you know, you're an entrepreneur. I mean, is, is this a, a small hit for you, big hit? Like, what, 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 what does, what's this looking like for you? You know, I, I think the good thing on real estate is you can be safe in real estate as long as you, you do your numbers right. Um, if you buy the properties at the right price, even in this kind of situation, um, you, you will be fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, you, you, you have a loss, of course, mm-hmm. you know, but you also have to have always everything on place and insurance yeah everything like for any of these kind of situations mm-hmm. and a lot of people think it, that's not gonna never happen to me but you know it's better to be safe than sorry of course so that's what we'd like to have everything like on the table and insurance and everything so it's a lot of paperwork mm-hmm. that we have to do right now but we'll, we'll be fine so these properties were in, or this property specifically was insured yes Okay, so like, what does insurance actually cover for that property? Roof flies off. Well, I would say, based on um, and and you know, this is on our case is different cases gonna be dif- like different scenario, but on this case, it will be a hundred percent, but only on the apartment, uh, not tenant. But the tenant should have rental rental. The tenants insurance. should be have rental insurance, uh, tenant insurance. Sorry. And, and something that I would highly recommend for you if you rent apartments or of any other units, get up a tenant insurance because on this kind of situation that's unknown on the landlord control, you know, it's a disaster that happened, you can be covered and all your belongings inside the unit will be covered as well. Yeah, dude, that's, that's, that's pretty crazy, man. So like, um, so I guess you won't really know all of these numbers until everything fully plays out right yeah. because like i've i've uh so i used to work in um i used to work as a marketing coordinator for a uh, multi-family uh, broker um and i remember like one time uh one time there was a guy he owned like a ooh, in fresno it was like maybe like almost like a hundred unit apartment complex wow. right yeah and then like one like almost like half of them or like a third like burned wow right but mm-hmm. it actually ended up he ended up making money right from, from like the insurance and everything. It ended up where like after everything was fixed and they renovated it, he came up. Yeah. The, the properties were, or the, the, the units were renovated, right? The building was, it was like still salvageable. They didn't have to break it all down. Like the parts that got burned, 
they were able to fix. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, he made some money from insurance too. Like that, he like I remember he kept right. I don't know. I, I'm not gonna say the name of the property or anything. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's like even legal. But I remember I was there throughout that time because I went to go do the photography for the units mm-hmm. before and after. Well, right? of, 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 after you do a renovation, either in a single family house or in a multifamily, the value is gonna go up, and because you're adding value to the property. Yeah. Um, that's also one of the good things that we do on our properties that we buy as a flip. We, we have like such a good value that in the end, you know, the appraisal comes like higher than we expected. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay, real and also one of the things I want to point out with real estate, real estate sometimes is not like peach and roses. Yeah. You know, some, sometimes the market like last year, um, the market was her- ter- terrible for, for us. Yeah. We have properties on the market for like three, four months. Mm-hmm. So there is no selling. Yeah. Because the interest rate was so high. Yeah. So, but you know, you had to keep going and just do whatever it takes to, you know, sell those houses and keep going. So let's talk about like, what is like the shittiest deal, <laughs> the worst deal that you've ever gotten into? Tell us about it. The shittiest deal. Um, I would say a Victoria house in San Francisco from 1912. Okay, 1912. Yeah. I mean, what could go wrong? The house was built in 1912. <laughs> right? A hundred years ago. Um, yeah, and that property, you know, because when it's, when it's, when it's that, when it's that, when the property is that old, the city is not the regular process to get the permits, right? Is, when is you it? have, when you have single family house, you go to the city and you go to build an apartment and you get your permits approved yeah. after like a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. But when it's a Victorian house, a hundred years old is different apartment. Department. Is is it like is it a considered a historical building? It's a constant okay, historic. Okay. So the fa- the facade outside you cannot change yeah. nothing. You can just paint and change the color, but you cannot change the facade, right? The, the, with the facade. The facade. Yeah. What, what does that mean? That means the look of the property. Okay. 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 Yeah, the it. looks of the property outside you cannot change it. Okay. You can pick different colors, but you have to leave whatever is there. Mm, okay. You cannot you cannot do anything about it. Like or literally, like I, can, I can't even build a new fence, or I cannot change around the bushes and stuff like that. Like it has to. The the, the plants maybe, <laughs> but it's a big trees. Uh, some of the trees are protected by the city as well. Mm. So you have to get a permit. Um, not nothing secure like you're gonna get approved for that permit. Okay. Because some of the trees they they don't let you at all to yeah. cut it. Yeah. Um. What I when I refer to like. If if the the house has a, a certain look, they don't gonna, they don't they don't let you to change a window frame or mm-hmm. anything related to the structure of the building. Yeah. So like, if I wanted to change that, like completely rebuild a new deck style. No. no. I can't. I can't get my deck to go out further. <laughs> no. It's it stay the way. <laughs> you had you had, it had to stay the same look. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Even okay. the windows, you had to either just leave the the, the ones that are there. Or it's a it's it's a hard to get a permit because you have to get a like for like windows. Mm. And some of the windows has to be pre made. Yeah, and custom. it's gonna it's custom exactly. And it's gonna take you like three or four months only or even more. To replace the window. To imagine, replace imagine the windows. That someone breaks your window, it's like, okay, yeah, we'll order a new one. It'll be here in four months. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, hell no. Okay, so now what happened, bro? Like what you know, what did termites so, what, what No is on it? that on that house, uh, you know, we start opening some walls. Um, 
and the city came and they're like, you cannot be open walls or, or, or taking out the plaster. It's not sheer rock. On those kind of houses, it's plaster, basically a little piece of wood and they put uh, concrete on top of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, it's not, it's not sheer rock, it's like plaster. Like you have a little uh, sheets of, of, of wood mm-hmm. and they put concrete on top of it. And they, that's what they used to use as a sheer rock now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so we start moving some, some uh, plaster and the city is like, no, uh, we got a red tag because we don't know that we need a permit to take out the plaster because supposedly the city tell us that we alterate the weight of the house. Even oh. if we take weight away from the house. Really? The f- you, you see what I mean? Yeah. So. Well, how do they know you guys are even doing anything inside the house? Like, because they came and they see that we rip up the plaster. So, and, so and well, they, like a city official's passing by the house? Yeah. What the some, hell's going some on? Of the, some of the cities, uh, the city inspectors, they just go around and patrol. Really? Yeah. Wow. So in this case... Somehow he, he knew, and after that, we get red tag, and now we had, to, we had to do a retrofit the whole house. Oh, no. So that, that takes almost a year to get approved. <laughs> oh, my God. So long story short, that property is not even finished yet. And, uh, so you, we, still, you still have it? We still have it. <laughs> and, that, and that property is about almost two years. Yeah. Damn. I will say that that's so far the how 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 uh, how, how many uh, pesos how how many dollars shillings how many shillings it's about hundred thousand dollars. Damn. Hey, that's that's uh, that must be a lot of weight, man. To like. Tell me about it, and you and you know, and to be honest, those kind of situations when you start in real estate, it really got it really hit you. Yeah. It really got you, you know, because you're like. I'm doing things the way it is. I think it's better to go back where I where I used to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, uh, I'd rather be a the chef. Doubt, right now. <laughs> the doubt, the doubt, start getting into you. Yeah. You know, but I, I I told myself like no, I had to shake it off and keep going because at the moment you put something negative neg- negative in your mind, it's gonna it's gonna project. Yeah. Yeah, dude, and, and you know, I, and so I talked about the negative first, right? Because I've, I've gone through negative shit. Like I, I put up an office in the Philippines, spent like fifty thousand dollars putting it up, and then COVID. Oh shit, no one can go to offices anymore. I take a loss. People start stealing computer parts. Like you know, like I, I've taken losses like that too. But like in my industry, right? Yeah. So now, but so I just I, I like to talk about the negative because um, entrepreneurship is not all what you said earlier, peaches and and roses, right? <laughs> yeah, no. That- no, that all. Yeah, so it's not it's not always that, but but then there are moments where you win big. So let's exactly. talk about let's talk about your biggest win. Oh well, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be a good one. Uh, we have a couple of them, but I think the the most successful one we have so far is one of the properties that we did in Fremont, mm-hmm. Fremont, California. That house we bought it for one million. Mm-hmm. We invest about one hundred seventy thousand dollars. Okay. And we sell it for one point five. Okay, cool. So, so what's, the, what's the come up on that? Like, so uh, the profit there was about close to two hundred thousand dollars. Nice. And what was the time length? The time was about six and a half months. Shit. All right. So basically, 
dude, you guys, if you, you know, if you could make, if you could do that again in a year, that'd be like 400k, which I mean, dude, 200,000 is pretty fucking good, bro. No. For one, uh, for and one, that's for one house. Yeah. The idea here is to create the system that's going to be on the fly. Yeah. That's going to allow us to have two or three flips per month. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's going to end up making us about a hundred, a hundred fifty thousand dollars. Nice. So how do you, like, cause I, I don't understand, like I, I've never been in like the, the flipping side. I really don't understand it. Like I get it. You locate a property that's maybe distressed or something, or I don't know, somebody's going through a hard time. Somebody dies. I like, I, you know, divorce. Like I could imagine there's so many different situations that happen randomly. Exactly. So how the fuck, like, how do you locate these random situation properties? I don't understand we, that. What, what we do in our company is, we do uh, people who work for us or with us, not for us, with us, doing door knocking. Oh, okay. You literally. Yeah, I, I, I literally those people going around to neighborhood or driving around the neighborhood. And if you see a distressed property, you take the address and you go door knocking and go straight to the owner. Wow. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah, because I, I could imagine that, right? especially like right now where, where everybody's struggling, people are losing jobs left and right. I remember th there was there was uh, one of my friends was telling me a story. He had there, he, he, this guy meets people in distressed situations and basically like people look at it very negative because like he, like one situation, like he found a mom who has uh, you know, she's a single mother with a child um and she had bought this house and basically she was already behind like three months on the payments you know all these different things and he said hey i'm gonna catch you up on your three months plus i'm gonna help you get an apartment and i'll pay for x amount of months for your apartment so and basically he gets to take over the house he didn't even pay he didn't pay for the house nothing he just took over the house with that situation and a lot of people are like dude you took you took advantage of this woman who was in a rough position but in my in my eyes, I'm like, dude, if like there's a lot of shame that comes with like getting foreclosed on. There's a lot of shame that comes with like telling your family, hey, this house that I bought and you know like I I'm gonna lose it. Like there's a lot of shame in like being homeless. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of shame in that. And and, and, and you know the the um <clears throat> I will say it's a lot of misconception on that kind of subject because. We're here to solve problems, right? Yes. As a, as a real estate investments and whatever, right? Uh, but a lot of people think that we're taking advantage. And it's not, it's not about taking advantage. It's trying to, to solve the problems that the owner, homeowner has at that moment. Yeah. Or, or not even in that moment. Uh, the problem has been happening for so many years that it, it allowed them to pay the rent or to pay the mortgage. That's why they're going to go foreclosure. Yeah. Right? And besides of them to lose everything on foreclosure because they're not going to get any money. Nothing. Right? We come and say... And, and it's it, going to be negative on their account. Exactly. They're going to have a bankruptcy. And you're going to have the bank... Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's, not good, it's nothing good up, up about that. So what we, we do is we come here and we offer you, okay, uh, you own about $300,000 on your property and you have $100,000 behind payments, whatever. Mm -hmm. Total is $400,000. But before that, we, we study the property... We see around the neighborhood, we see the comps, we see how much it's going to cost us to fix it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we do all that math. Don't, that math. So we come to the, net, to the owner and say, we're going to give you $450,000. Mm -hmm. So you're going to end up making $50,000 instead of losing everything. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, I want to yeah. sell you my house before I get to foreclosure. Totally. 
Exactly. And uh, that's what we're trying to do here. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. not taking advantage of, of, of any, anyone. Yeah, and you know, like I think for people who are not in that person's situation, like if, if they see like a family member sees what they're doing or a friend sees what they're doing, they might get upset because they think that there's a better way. But dude, sometimes like there's people that have no options. And it's like you come and you are the only option. And yeah, like I in my in my opinion, with that lady's story, I'm like, dude, if I could have a soft landing, not lose everything, still have an apartment for me and my son after, you know, and, and that gives me, you know, three months to figure out my job situation, dude, that's better than being homeless. Yeah. Right. But that's 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 really, really interesting, man. Um It happened to us once, um, and properly in Concord. Uh we had a door knocking guy. And he's like, hey, you know, I have this lead. Um, seems solid, and she's motivated. And we write the contract, and I drive there for her, in order for her to sign it, right? Um, when I got there, she's in wheelchair. Um, she's also like late is sixty, and mm -hmm. the wheelchair and uh, her condition, her condition seems like uh, pretty bad, right? She have a lot of. Uh, uh, bruises on the body and you know she, she doesn't seem like well care um, at the moment I saw her I, I can pro I cannot process or keep going with the with the contract yeah because like I cannot take out the house from this woman yeah, like where she's gonna do where, where she's gonna live yeah and I call my partner I, I say like uh, look I, I cannot I, I cannot do that you know yeah, yeah. like I cannot just make her sign and let her move out. Yeah, like, it's no sure way. where she's gonna go. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people think the people on, on real estate doesn't have a soft heart of, of, of you know, like they're not have a human side of them. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it's, not, it's, not, it's not that, you know, we, we have feelings and we feel like whatever the pain you have in as a homeowner, but at the same time, this is business, Yeah. right? And the end of the day, if you don't want to be safe from us, we can, we cannot do anything about it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what I what I told my my partner is like, if you want to buy the house, we have to put in the numbers that we're gonna pay for at least one year for apartment for her. Yeah. Because I'm I'm me as a person, I'm not gonna feel good le knowing that she's gonna be in the streets. Totally, totally. Even if we're gonna make money on the property or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. So. And yeah, we, we pay about eight months of rent for her apartment. Nice, nice. Yeah, and you know, and, and like there's, there's, um, and, and, and it's tough, right? It's, it's, it's always tough when you run into situations like that. But let's say that you guys didn't make this deal with this lady. What would her outcome have been? Foreclosure. Mm -hmm. And then the bank will be come and say, you, you have to next week to move out. And then she really would actually. And be on she the really had to move out. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and this, and, and again, it's like that's that's the other part of the story where, like, if you don't if you don't hear like what would actually happen to that person if we did not step in, we came in as more of a solution. Now, business wise, did you have to give her eight months of an apartment? Hell no. Not really. Not at all. No. But you know, and, and hopefully, and hopefully, people will listen to this and under and want to do business with you because they can see that you actually have a heart when you're doing business, right? Because you know, for, for me personally, like, I can't, I can't live doing business knowing that I'm screwing people over. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It, it, you know, I, I can't, I can't wake up every day like knowing, like, oh shit, like I, I, you know, in my business, I'm trying to create win-win-win situations, right? Like I'm trying to, you know, create jobs that are at market rate or higher. I'm trying to give my clients, uh, 
you know, either a great service or a service that's, uh, you know, like hiring somebody that's cheaper than they could hire here. So they save money and still get the same quality of service. And I want to make a commission in the middle. Win, win, win. Right. And not everybody thinks that way. Mm -mm. Right. Not, not everybody is, is constantly thinking like, you know, how can everybody benefit um, and, and I feel like I've been pretty blessed, man, because the people that I do business with in the circle that I'm around, we all think that way, right? We're all constantly trying to figure out these kind of situations. Um, but, you know, and it's people like that out there yeah. that they don't, they don't give a crap about what's going on with you or what's going to happen after you sell them your house. Yeah. They just want the house. Yep. They don't care about where you're going. They don't care nothing. Yeah. And it's people like that out there, you know, and, and I'm, I'm telling you that because, you know, I, 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 I see that happen and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not okay with that, but, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's, you cannot do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, like now, like what's the, what's the future for your company, right? So like, I understand like what you're doing now. So you want to get to the point where you're, you know, flipping two to three properties per month, man. Like that's the goal. Like, where are you at in that goal? Uh, like right now, we're gonna put in the market five houses next month. Wow, five, five, five all flips, all flips. Wow, okay. So we're gonna put five houses on the market next month. Um, after that, we're gonna start buying more. Do you? Um, so your company? Do you guys work with the real estate agent, or do you guys? Uh, we work with the real estate agent, and also we work as as I told you, uh, direct with the seller. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Basically, uh, we have an on-house on agent on our company, and if we got a, a you know, a motivated seller, we negotiate with direct with him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Got it. That's cool, and that's good. That's good, man. Um, so, when I'm looking at, when I'm thinking about your the structure of your business, and you said you have an in-house real estate agent, um, so so you guys all have a brokerage then. We have a we have a broker and also one of my two of my partners are agents. Okay, so you guys have a broker, two agents, and where do you fit in this equation? What is your I'm role? the project management. Project management, got it. So, so these guys are creating opportunities. The the real estate agents, the brokers are creating mm -hmm. opportunities. Um, do you also create opportunities too? I do. You do. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have people. I have connection because I used to. I started doing real estate by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I do it about a year. I didn't get the results that I was looking for, yeah. right? And I, I, I asked myself, like, what's going on? Why I'm not getting the results I'm, I'm looking for? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and one of the things that happened to me that when I start real estate, I start comparing myself to people that have been in the business longer than me. Sure. Yeah, did we all and, do it? <laughs> and that's really bad. Yeah. That... I would not recommend that to you for for any of the people that listen to us that is gonna be an entrepreneur. Never compare yourself with people that you know the business longer than you. Uh, they're doing the things. Instead of comparing yourself, learn from them. You know, see what they're doing different than, than you, and learn from them. And that's what I start doing. You know, nice. instead of comparing myself to them, I start learning from them. Say, okay, what are they doing different that have better results than me? Mm -hmm. And I start network. Network, network, and that opened a lot of doors for me. So, what what was like the one relationship that you met that you know changed your life in networking? Uh, I would say one of my my recent still partner. Um, his name is Josué. He's a realtor, and also he's been doing flips longer than me. Mm -hmm. So I feel that that relationship um, with him 
it's been one of the important important key. Okay. Nice. What is what has Hostway taught you? What is what's what? Because I know for me, the reason why I am where I am is because other people opened doors for me and they poured into me, right? And and you know, and now I try to do that for other people. But what was it that he taught you that was like, oh damn, game changer? Um, manage better. Uh, keep my budget low. And be more open on new ideas. Mm. Because at first I was sticking on my ideas on, um, you know, this design is going to work. Even if this design is going to cost me $100,000 more than the other design that mm-hmm. it worked the same. And it's going to save me $100,000. Mm. Okay. You see what I mean? Like instead, yeah. instead of going to a fancy design, you know, some, some markets, they're demanding that fancy design, right? Yes. But you always have to stick with the budget. Even if, even if it's a fancy design, you have to stick with the budget, mm-hmm. right? You have to be realistic. Yeah. So, and I wasn't at that moment. Yeah. See, I thought like, okay, if we if we put like a really nice cabinets and really expensive corner top, <laughs> it's gonna sell for more. But and then it's sell the same price. You know what's funny about that? I feel like you're just describing entrepreneurship in general, right? When new entrepreneurs come into the game, they have this idea of how things should be. Mm. But then, you know, like realistically, like, okay, I'm going to, I can give business examples, but like we're sitting here in an apartment in Cupertino, two bedroom, two bath. Can you guess the rent for this apartment? What do you think of this is renting for here? For this one, I will say about 2000 <laughs> This This is uh, 37 37 yeah 3700 you hear you hear the neighbors upstairs you hear them walking right but like what he just what your business partner talked about look at these floors these floors are they're nice but they're not they're not fancy any, they're no high special. quality definitely not high quality look you see this thing right here this thing just broke before you got here right if you look at you know i don't even know if it's real granite countertops or whatever but the thing is that they figured out how to make it look nice enough exactly right nice enough um, and obviously it's Cupertino, right? The best, best school district, you know, one of the best school districts in the United States for public schools. Um, you know, Apple's headquarters right here, all these things, right? So when I'm listening to that, what your, what your business partner described, Josue, is what I see here. But also these guys are successful. This, this, this apartment complex is privately owned, right? This is, this is not a, this is not a uh, apartment complex that's owned by like one of the bigger companies. Right? And I bet you anything, all the other rooms have the same flooring. Uh, no, actually the rooms have carpet. No, so, the other units. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. All, yeah. All the units look exactly the same. They all have the same appliances, same mm-hmm. everything, right? And that's, you know, dude, hopefully, is it like, would you like to own something like this one day? Oh, yeah. yeah that's the idea. Yeah, this is the goal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like when I look at the pricing too, you know, I just did two podcasts uh, earlier this week and my friends... You know, one of them lives in a luxury apartment in downtown San Jose, freaking crazy view, you know, beautiful place, amenities. Like we don't got, we got pool, two pools here, but like they're kind of old. You know, the clubhouse is like, eh, it's all right. But, um, you know, they they got like these crazy amenities, everything, and they pay less rent than here. And then, you know, my other friend in uh, Menlo Park, dude, their amenities are crazy and he still pays less than here, right? But, um... But yeah, man, but it comes back to like when I looked at this place, like, is it the nicest? Nah. Is it nice enough? Yeah. 
No. It even has these like little. I don't like. I hate these. Whoa, whoa, whoa heater. I hate these heaters, man. This, this, this heater burnt my sheep rug. <laughs> yeah, you have to be careful with those things. <laughs> yeah, it, it burnt. It burnt the side of this couch actually because yeah. I had the couch up against it and I didn't think about it. Like I, this is dumb. It sounds probably dumb on camera. I didn't think that it would burn the couch, but it did. It left a huge. It left a huge mark. But um, yeah. But no, I mean that's that's uh that's good though, man. That's good that you you know you somebody taught you the game, and not just that. You guys, you're smart to partner with this guy, mm-hmm. right? Where like he can he can start to teach you these things because, you know, for me for me this year, Rudy, um, this year for me, so I sold half of my business, so I'm an equal partner now. Um, but I sold it to somebody who's smarter than me, who knows more than me, and I said, you know what, this year, this year, what I'm gonna do. Is this year I'm gonna say yes? To I will. Them. Oh, go ahead. I will not say it's more than you. Okay. I will say how more experience than you. Experience, different because, strengths too. Exactly. Yeah. Because um, believe it or not, um, the words that you you we put on our mouths are weight a lot. Mm-hmm. When you when you say oh uh, he's smarter than me, unconsciously in, in, in you bring yourself down. Mm-hmm. So, and that's something that um, I think uh, it will be good to shift a little bit. Don't sure. say it's more than me. Um, I, I think something like has different strength than me. What is going to make our business bigger or stronger? Mm-hmm. Because, and it's funny how the mind works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those, yeah. those, those little those little words like we are uh, we're we're literally controlling our destinies with yeah okay you're right thank you for that and by the way this is why you need people like Rudy around you to catch these kind of things right um, and this is why I like to keep smart people around me because they remind me that I am smart um, so so we so I ended up deciding that it was better for my company to be equal partners uh, with someone else who has more experience than me different skill set all that. Because it reminds me of like, uh, you know, Josue teaching you about budget management. Um, you know, this guy, he is way better in terms of vision and strategy, whereas I'm way better at executing that strategy. There we go. Right. Like being in the mm-hmm. trenches and getting it done and moving it forward is my strength. Right. Um, and I can do the vision and strategy, but not as good as this guy. Like, and I know that because we've, you know, we've discussed so many times and I'm like, okay, this year... I found, you know, so this year I've, I've, he's, he's, he's owned 10% of my company uh, previously. I've always owned 90%. Um, but now it's like, Hey, let's, let's, let's go equal. You know, we put in money, whatever, but I didn't care about the money because the money is, doesn't matter. Yep. What matters to, is implementing that knowledge. And also like, this is me saying, Hey, um, I want you to be more invested into what I'm doing. And and the way that I'm going to prove that to you is I'm going to literally give you half of my business, right? And already, and it's only been like a month and a half or something that we did the deal. Already, we're starting to like grow. We I feel the growth is coming, right? Mm-hmm. So just just this. What are we in the 15, 16? Yeah, we have, we've already closed like uh, just shy of twenty thousand dollars worth of contracts in this little short period and we're, we're growing, we're growing at a bigger trajectory now. So I think for those of you listening, for those of you who are listening too, who are afraid of partnering, you think that partnering is a bad thing. I mean, dude, you, how, how much slower would your growth be? Had you not met Josue? I would say 40%. It's a huge over time. 
is a huge percentage, right? Because it, it would take you a long time to realize, like, man, maybe I don't need granite countertops. Mm. <laughs> maybe I don't need this nice floor. Exactly. Maybe. <laughs> and, and, and two things I want to point out, talking about this subject, is you're going you're gonna to come across with bad partners. Okay. Yeah. Trust me. And um, you have to learn from them. Yeah. You know, you don't have to take it personal. You don't have to, you don't have to define yourself based on that situation. Um, you have to learn from them, even if it's a bad experience. But trust me, if God put people in your path, it's for something, good mm-hmm. or bad, and you have to learn from them. Um, well, when a good partner comes, comes along, you're going to have more experience, and you're going to know how to deal with the bad situation. Wow. Yeah, see, that's, that's deep. And you know how you said that? I always look at like the pain that we go through in our life, like, and this is why I feel like it's important for us to get content, to to shoot content, to do videos, because I I also think that God puts us through pain intentionally, whatever it is that we go through, so that we can help somebody else, mm-hmm. right? But uh, yeah, no, nah, man, that's that's great. So, um, so basically, like now, all right. So we've we've learned a little bit about your background. We learned a little bit about your wife. Um, now where you're going with the business. Um, you know, so like what, what else do you got going on, man? Well, you know, it's, it's, we, we have exciting, exciting year. Um, I think this year is going to be the starting of trying to do our first developing project. Okay. Um, uh, we have already one property in Atherton, California. Mm-hmm. Um, and who, uh, for you who listen, uh, Atherton is the most expensive zip code in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, that that house um, we bought it for close to six million. Wow! And the idea here is to turn down that house and build a 10,000 10, square footage house. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna a resale price of between fourteen and seventeen million. Wow, dude! You gotta let me visit that property, man. Anytime. <laughs> Are you, so you guys already acquired it? Yes. Wow! So you're, you're gonna like literally break down the whole house? That's what we want to do. Wow. Um, that's the idea to start with that property. Um, we, we're starting to, we start already starting the market of Atherton because it's a different market. Um, the client there is, 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 you have to bring the value to the property. Yeah. So you have to bring that, that the price. Um, if not, we're going to try to another other, other lot in Daly City. Mm-hmm. We're going to buy the lot and build about one or two houses. Wow. So, so if somebody's listening right now and they, uh, why, so like, let's say somebody's listening right now, they have like maybe a potential opportunity for you, right? Um, how, what does an opportunity look like for you and why should somebody even get in contact with you? Well, I was, we always uh, open to a new partnership. Well, no partnership, but at least investors who are willing to invest in our company. And I always, you know, told them, um, a lot of people have the money in the stocks. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> right, dude, and that's my, something that my, we mentioned last time. Dude, my business partner just lost like almost a million dollars. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I, I, I always tell the people like, real estate is something that it will give you more money. It will be, give you more return for your money. Yeah. Stocks, um, a lot of people are into stocks, but stocks are not tangible. Stocks that is so like in and out, up and down all the mm-hmm. time, right? With real estate, I, I, I say it again, as long as you buy it right, you will make profit. Yeah. But you have to, you have to stick with the numbers. If, some, if the numbers doesn't match up, it doesn't make sense, let it go. 
Yeah, dude, and, and that's something like you know, for those of you who are listening, right? It's it's always wise. So like, you could go through all the steps that uh, that you already went through, right? That Rudy went through, and um, you know, all the failures that he went through, or you could just go straight to him and be like, hey. I don't want to learn the hard way. Exactly. Like I got money to put up or like, what if somebody's just hungry? Like, will you take on a young hustler? Like what if, what if there's like a, you know, a 18, 20 year old kid out there who's like wants to learn this. Can they come to you to come and work? Please. Yeah. Right. I always, I always open to, to teach them, you know, and it's, 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 uh, I never understand these people on social media that they put themselves out there as a, uh, entrepreneur or investors but when people start asking them a question yeah. they want to charge for that they're like oh you can buy my my course my, my course or yeah. whatever and you know I, I think if you really want to help someone is you can just put put it out there you know if they ask you a question you say it you know you don't have to charge it's, some people will be appreciated some people will tell you, you oh okay screw you I want to be better than you yeah, the, here's here's how I look at it, man. When it comes to these people selling courses, like I've, you know, I personally had a friend who, you know, I'm not gonna put his information out there. I, I don't really talk to him much anymore because I, I feel like there's just a, a pretty big lack of integrity. But he was selling a course on how to do whatever he was doing, and he started making more money from selling the actual course than what he was doing. Right? Exactly. And it's like you know, there's like a certain point where it's like, okay. When I do podcasts, when I do, you know, when I give out information, um, a lot of things that I do, I do for free. But that's because my company makes me money. Exactly. I don't need to sell a course because my company already generates income. Now, I might put out courses in the future. Um, you know, I might see like, you know, the one course that I will charge for, uh, the one course that I will charge for is going to be like, so my company's a multi-million dollar company. I'm going to literally give away the formula that I put away, but it's going to be like stupid cheap and it's not going to be to make money. It's going to be more for people who, um, it's, it's going to be more for people who want to implement like an outsourcing department within their company. Exactly. Right? Um, and there's going to be, so there's going to be a lot of value in that, but this is not how I plan on making like my millions of dollars. Right. Um, and nor do I, nor do I want to say like, oh, you know, because dude, to, to build up this, this level of company, like, I don't even recommend it. <laughs> I, I think it was a bitch. I think it was traumatic and I don't recommend that. Um, but also like, um, there's, I'm putting out like little mini courses too, where it'll cost like 99 cents. Um, but not because I care about the 99 cents. I want somebody to commit, uh, and buy this little mini course so that we can basically remarket to them later. Exactly. Right? Um, but yeah, in regards to, in regards to selling courses that like, dude, and, and it's funny because like literally if you guys come and ask me anything about any of our processes, any of our softwares, like I'm already talking about this. I'm, I'm actually like, if you go to my YouTube video, like whatever course I'll end up putting out, like all the, all the shit will be out there for free anyway. Right. But, uh, but yeah, dude, I think, um, yeah, I think when it comes to, uh, when it comes to courses though, yeah, come instead of buying a course, come actually live it. Exactly. Yeah. It take action. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people out there want to sell you a, a, a like ten thousand, seven thousand, five thousand uh, dollar course about wholesaling, right? Wholesaling is in car, like get a property and assign the contract to someone else. Like, example, if I got a property direct to the seller, 
I got it for $400,000 and I will sell you the contract to you for $450,000. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make in $50,000 just for that process. Yeah. Um, a lot of people want to charge you like so much money to teach you how to wholesale. Yeah. Uh, but in reality, you're going to learn more doing it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So now this is uh, this is like the, the part of the podcast now where we're getting to the end. And there's someone who is like watching this right now who, you know, they're struggling. Uh, maybe they've been trying to wholesale. They've been trying to get in the real estate game and they feel like giving up, man. What do you got to say to that person? Uh, I will say shake it off. Um and go out there, uh, go out there, try to network, try, start calling uh, agents. Even, even, even if you don't, you don't have the money to buy the property, just start contacting agents. And when you have a, pro- a good property, just go out there and ask, hey, I have this property, who's interested to, to buy it? And trust me, you, if you have a good deal, a lot of, people's gonna, a, a lot of buyers are gonna fight for it. Uh, but never give up, start reading more. Uh, one of the books that, I, I really like is uh, Shoe Dog is the guy from oh, Nike. Yeah, Shoe Dog. I've heard of that one. Yeah. Uh, that's a really good book. It, it uh, for me it teach me not to give up, and keep going with your dreams, mm. and don't take no as an as an as an as an answer. Yeah. Yeah, and had to deal with people, had to navigate, and had to talk to them as well. Nice, dude. That's that's awesome. Well, if people want to get a hold of you, where do they find you? Uh, you guys can find me on Instagram as uh, Rudy, Rudy Castillo, or um, Facebook, uh, RH Homes. You've been listening to the Scalability Podcast. Don't forget to share with a friend and follow for more resources on how to profitably grow your business beyond the limits of your personal time, energy, and skills. Get out my way.